now. Where we are. I, was, I didn't that think way. we'd bear grills once and I wasn't <laughs> as scared as I am now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This week on Walking the Dog, I went out with the much-loved comic and actor Rob Brydon. Rob and I took out an adorable golden retriever called Patience, who actually belongs to one of the team at the Dogs Trust. And by the way, you can find out all about the wonderful work they do at dogstrust.org.uk. Rob was an absolute delight. We talked about his childhood in Wales and the years he spent knocking on doors just before finding the huge success he has now. But you leave an afternoon with Bob Bryden feeling genuinely a little lighter and like you've just been sprinkled with goodwill. We chatted about his new movie too, which is called Swimming With Men, and it's a really sweet life-affirming story about a male-synchronised swimming team, which I really hope you enjoy because I loved it. It's out today on general release, so do go and see it. Oh, and finally, remember to rate, review and subscribe, please. OK, here's Rob. I have the dog as well, or are you going to CGI it in later? Dog's here. Oh, great. <laughs> Just going to put some, put some little panting and barking later. So we should say, um, I'm going to start the podcast right now, because Rob Bryden has just mm. taken control of patience. Control is the right word. Of patience is this beautiful golden retriever. And, oh, oh, and patience is rearing up on her hind legs because she wants a treat. Here we go, patience. Now, open palm. Oh, 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 oh. Good girl! Lovely. What's that dog, Rob? That one over there? Nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's a what? Banana Rama. <laughs> it's Karen. She's, she's, she's let herself go. Or is it Siobhan? But whoever it is, she's not looked after herself, honestly. That we should say, that wasn't a member of Banana Rama. That was a Vimarana. Vimarana. Are, are you not familiar with no, it? No, I'm unfamiliar. Wow. They're sort of grey-looking, aren't they? With slight. Well, they're not grey-looking. They're grey. <laughs> Shall I walk this side of you, Rob? Now, where so do you want to go? Do you know your way around not here? Not really. Well, it's nicer if we go cross-country and we'll get more shade. Okay, I'm following you. All right, come on. Patience. Let's come go. On. Watch the bikes here, Em. Okay. You don't want to go assaulting that young man. Not after everything you've been through, eh? <laughs> we don't want another court case. Come on. I should say. Yes. Rob Bryden's making me lose my chisel already. He's Whoa. so funny. That's... But this is Walking the Dog. It's my tiniest podcast. And I'm with, I'm really excited about this because I'm a huge fan. I'm with uh, Rob Bryden. And we're with Patience. You met her earlier. Mm. And what are your first impressions of her, Rob? She's a golden retriever, obvs. But what do you make of her? I love her. The, the golden retriever, to me, is the closest in the dog family to the lion. The mighty lion. You know what I mean when I say lion, don't yeah, you? You're familiar yeah. with that. Well, yeah. I went on safari once. There's cars. We're going to cross over. Oh, we're in Richmond Park, we should say, Rob. Yeah, that's yeah. important. Yeah. I went on safari once, and we're in the back of a jeep going round, and you get... Come here. You get... Uh, you see lions. And, of course, they're part of the cat family, not the dog family. But there's something so approachable about them. And I actually leant out of the jeep and went... Something very appealing. And I think that golden retrievers have some of that lovely sort of I mean they're majestic they're beautiful creatures aren't they I haven't got one you see that's no. why I'm, I was thrilled well, when you asked me to do this and really? we could I could request a golden retriever I know it was like your rider it was like your M&M's so I'll yeah. have a golden retriever please <laughs> in the do dressing room do it if room. I can have a golden retriever but um well I'm surprised about that about lions because I would I mean in terms of words that I would use to describe them, approachable, wouldn't be in my top five. But have you ever been near one when, it, when he's sitting majestically on the plane 
um, the Savannah plane, not the plane that they don't allow them on. Um, not on EasyJet. Yeah, no, no. Wait, where you come? I, I'm with, patience. I think come patience is patience taking us for me. a walk here. Yeah. Where, 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 no. I think we should take patience. Well, let him, are you allowed to in the park? You are, are you? We should explain who we're talking to. This yes. patience is, um, we're with a lovely lady called Anna from the Dogs Trust. Mm. And she's brought along patience, who's actually her dog. So, um... Here we go. But Patience does, yeah, have oh, a home now, so you can't have her. But you can have lots of other lovely dogs. <laughs> dogs. She is absolutely gorgeous. But you know, here's the thing. I think, imagine, because uh, we've got a very nice floor, and I imagine it's a wet day, mm. and she comes in then with muddy, wet paws. I, I yeah. don't think I'd like that. So is it a cleanliness issue for you? Well, it would be, yeah. I mean, really? I'm, not, I'm not a cleanliness freak, but... but uh, yes, I, I would. Well, what you need to do is do what Dynamo does. Yeah. Um, which I think is a good life motto, life maxim anyway. Yeah. But Dynamo has a sort of he's got one of those you know those huge Newfoundland like the Peter Pan dogs. Oh they're, yes, they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of Greg Davis size. They're huge. <laughs> um, he has one of those, but he almost has just a little area outside where he washes the dog down and. Yeah, but think realistically about this. That that's great when you're in your in dog mode. Mm. But on a day where you're just getting on with living, you're not going to necessarily think, "Hey, let's go out and power wash the dog." <laughs> you're going to really want to just come in, aren't you? See, we have a cat. Oh yeah. And a cat is no trouble, other than the the kills and, and things. You know, he brings a lot of. And have you got one cat? What's the cat? Just called? one, Crumble. Well, that's a cute name. Did it's your a nice, kid's name. It's that? a nice name. No, it was my idea actually but they all agreed with it. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah, no, they all liked it. Um, I think a two-syllable name, uh, Roger, Crumble, Biscuit, I mean, they're all quite appealing. Did you have dogs growing up? We went, yes, when I was a boy. Uh, so there was a golden retriever in the family. This is, this is in Swansea where you grew up? Well, we grew up in a place called Baglan, which oh, is yeah. near Portalbert. It's, it's in between, right next to Portalbert, before you get to Swansea or Neath. And uh, yes, there was, there was Honey and there was Goldie. Now, one of them belonged to my grandparents. I get a bit hazy about, about which I think Honey was ours. And I think she was a, a Labrador. Oh, right. And we had a, we had a Lassie-type dog oh, for a while. Yeah, called Shep. But in the same colour as Lassie, so not a, not a border collie, but I know. like Lassie. Uh, but he kept running away from memory, so he wasn't happy. Look at Patience, can I just say, yeah. she's very good. She's crossing the sort of little road here. <laughs> well, I thought we'd go left. Careful, Rob, the tractor. Oh, my word, tra is, is Patience okay? Tractor Patience coming. Oh. I like that we nearly ran into the oncoming path of the way. tractor, but Patience had the good sense to avoid it. Come on, Patience. We've taken her off the lead now, but it's all very responsible, and we've got poo bags. So anyway, yeah, so you had yes. these two dogs that yeah, you and then we had grandparents. Well, one belonged to the grandparents, and then we had a Yorkshire Terrier, who I'd forgotten about, called Purdy, who I think was named after Joanna Lumley's character. Oh, in the New, in Avengers. The New Avengers. Yeah, yeah. it must have yeah. been. Yeah, that's where the resemblance ended. Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't cut the dog's hair in that fashion. No, and there was no hint of Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> who was far, you know, too beautiful and refined. Uh, this was a little yeah. yappy Yorkshire Terrier. Yeah. And I'm not a fan. Yeah. I'm not really a fan of small dogs. Really? Not really. Well, I don't know how to break this to you, Rob, but I have... Oh, what have you got? I've got a small one. Oh, God. What sort? 
well. Do you carry it as well? It's got a showbiz connection. Uh. Mine is the brother of Catherine Ryan's dog. <laughs> is it? Yeah. My, my dog is called Raymond. Yes, nice two syllables. Yeah, do you like that? Yes. He's a Shih Tzu. Um, right. I want to talk to you. We've got lots to talk about today. So much. But so much to cover. You're a busy man. So I want I'm worried I'm a bit too relaxed with you. Why? Because I think, I think I'm not making any effort. I'm a, it's <laughs> such a nice environment. I, st I should strive to be entertaining as well, shouldn't I? No, I'm just having a really no. low-energy, relaxed chat, which it, is very nice. That's what it should be. All I don't right. want you to come on. I mean, I'm not going to say... All right. I'm not going to say, do your Tom Jones. <laughs> Although, do your Tom Jones. <laughs> Although, you know, <laughs> it would be nice. <laughs> I'm going to see him tonight, actually. You're not. That's funny, yeah. Shut up. At Hampton Court, yeah. He said about you, <laughs> I, I mean, not personally, but I remember, it might have been that documentary when you were your mm. 50th, you know, that in celebration yes. of your 50th. Yes. Imagine having a documentary just because well, you turned 50. It's really amazing. Yeah. But um, Patience is doing a business, maybe. He said, um, he's got something. Isn't that amazing? He said I know, that. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's a pretty amazing bloke, isn't he? Anyway, yes. we're going to go back right. to the early days. Yes. And I get a sense of your childhood as being pretty happy, actually. And yes. It's Howard and Joy. Yes. Are your mum and dad. I was with them yesterday. It's funny, isn't it? Because I, I think, wrongly, actually, whenever someone is not from London yeah. and becomes hugely successful, as you have in this business, People tend to assume there's some sort of Billy Elliot story of yes. the granddad and sleeping in the sitting room. Yes. The, whereas you were quite, you're quite a middle class, well yeah. off family, weren't yes. you? Yes, yeah, we were, yeah. I was, um, the main thing I always think about when I think about my childhood is that I was, um, myself, quite a nice little boy. I, I was quite sociable and friendly there was there wasn't a rebellious bone in my body uh, from a young age right through teenage years I never really did that rebellious thing and I, I always used to hear people say well obviously you know when you're that a that age or whatever age they're talking about you sort of hate your parents don't you and and everything they stand for and I remember thinking well no not really I I, I never did um, so yeah we grew up in uh, mostly in a place called Baglin, which is next to Port Talbot. And we moved to Porthcawl for a while, uh, which is where I met Ruth Jones. Um, yes, and you and you have a brother, don't you? Yes, yeah. Pete, Pete's eight He's years younger, younger than yeah. me. So that's a that's an interesting dynamic because that's not like th there's not the competitiveness. You know, it's almost right. it's almost more paternal, I think, if you're eight years older. Also, depending, I think, on your personality yeah. too. Because I have boys who are just three years apart now, my younger children, and you know they can really go at it with each other in ways that I never really experienced. So it's. Um, Do you look at that sometimes and think, "What's this?" Well, not not anymore, but <laughs> yeah. I, but I did initially. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. And so um, that's interesting. That yeah, you just it feels like there was probably quite a sort of. I don't know, just quite a benign Well, I was, always, I was always encouraged, you know, that's the thing. It, uh, again, you, you also hear of uh, someone saying they want to be an actor or a comedian or go into any branch of show business and of them being discouraged. But I, my memory is that it was always, oh, he's very good, isn't he? You know, relatives would say, oh, he's very funny, he's very good. So I was always encouraged. 
Um, and as I look back on it now, as, as an adult and a parent, I think, wow, you know, because when I did my O-levels, as they were then, I got two on my first attempt, which is, you know, quite poor by anyone's standards. So surely my mum and dad were worried, but they say they weren't because I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I always knew what I wanted to do, which, which is what I'm doing, you know, walking in the park with you. That, that was always my, uh, my goal. I thought, how can I do it? <laughs> but do you think, that is quite unusual, isn't it? Or is it? I mean, is that... I, I well, I, interesting. I, what, knowing what you want to do? No, I, well, both of those things, actually. Mm. I'll take both of your answers, Rob Bryden, <laughs> because I think it's interesting knowing from a certain age, having that sense yes. of destiny, but yes. also that your parents... Oh, I think that's odd, yes, because yeah. I certainly hear more and more about, about the opposite, you know, about being worried. And I think it's from the, with the best of intentions. It's very easy to just want to wrap your children up in cotton wool because you don't want to see them uh, come to any harm, you don't want to see them disappointed. Um, but of course, that's part of life, isn't it? Um, but then you're pro you would probably, I would say, be more, not more wary, because I don't know about your, pers your situation with mm. that, but I'm just saying, coming at it from the business that you're within and you're very successful within it, you know, you know what it's taken and you know, do you yes. think there's a sense of if you know nothing about it and yeah. there are no contacts or you're almost, the ignorance is bliss thing? Oh, absolutely. When I look back now, I, it's, I get a shiver when I think about uh, <laughs> starting out and not knowing. I, sometimes I'll be going around London and I look at a building or a street and I thought, oh God, I remember when I, I, I remember so-and-so, the casting director used to be there. And I remember I could not get through the front door. You know, I remember, I remember trying to get them to look at the v my VHS showreel and stuff. Or I remember going for interviews and not getting the job. Or yeah. trying to get an agent was is 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 a challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I yes, you're constantly reminded of that when you when you when you go around London and how it looked so different in those days because now. It's very welcoming of me, <laughs> but yeah. back then all the doors were shut, and there was a mystery. Well, how can I get past this this secretary? How can I get past this assistant and get to this person? Uh, with a sort of mistaken belief that if you could, they would change, turn everything round for you. You know, that I, that I think. Although that did, that wasn't mistaken because it did happen. Well, it in your was case. in a way, but you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. It's they are not going. There are there are people who will help you, and that I certainly came across those, and and they, they, there are key people in my story that made a big difference. Yeah. But you have. To, they're only going to do that if you've got something that they want. Right. So you, for me, it was, it was Marion and Jeff. Yeah. But you've got to have something that they look at, because they're not going to do it out of charity. Yes. They might, might give you a little helping hand, but for anything of any substance, uh, my theory, they, they've got to go, oh, right, yeah, that, that's good. Well, I'll benefit from, yeah. from that. Yeah. And actually, your autobiography, which I loved, I really loved your autobiography. And I can remember, because you know those things stick in your mind somehow, and hmm. I remember you talking about, you quoted that, if you build it, Oh, yeah, come, yeah, Field I, of I, Dreams. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah. And I think the reason I like that is because you made the very good point that almost, because it took you about 15 Long time. years. Yes, yes, yes. To get to that Marion yes, and Jeff. That's right. Where you both yeah. through, and I sort of had the sense of, 
you finally thought, well, actually, maybe I didn't have a product to give them. Maybe I was just so oh, focused yes. on bashing the door down. Yes, yes, yes. So I can look back now and realise, and you know, and young actors and comedians, you know, often ask me for advice. And the thing I say is just be, be great. You know, find find your voice, find what you're good at, be yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a well-known piece of advice. Find yourself, what you are. You can take stuff from other people. You can be influenced by people and make it your own. But but don't shy away from who you are because you're going to be the best at that. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do think. I think what you're saying is, yeah, I sort of realised. Well, hang on. It was only when I'd made this tape of of Keith Barrett in, in Marion and Jeff that I finally looked like I had a voice, that I had my own voice. Mm. I wasn't just aping other people. Um, yes, and that took me a hell of a long time. Prior to that, you'd met Ruth Jones mm -hmm. at school, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah. Which I love that you were at school yeah, with Yeah, well, I, she, I knew her, I've known her since I was about 14. We moved to Porthcawl. And um, I was driving past the school yesterday. I took, showed my daughter in the car where, where she'd never seen it. And um, I remember, I pointed this out to my daughter yesterday. Two roads diverging a wood. Well, I think, I think the one less travelled. <laughs> well, they both one, yeah. look fairly unfrequented. Yeah, I mean, they've both been trodden, <laughs> let's be honest. But I think this one less trod. Yeah. Uh, I like your, your version is the road less trod. <laughs> yeah, less trod, yeah. I mean, there's been some trodding, certainly. But this one, I would say, wasn't well, it beautiful? You could imagine Errol Flynn. We should describe, Rob, describe it. You're a sort of Welsh poet. You'll well, be able to describe it. Round us, the verdant greens, the luscious greens and browns of the trees, the trees, the barks of the tree, brown, creeping, plunging upwards to the sky, the blue azure sky, God laying out a blanket of blue beside the swimming pool of destiny. And these green leaves, brambles, thickets, brambles, thickets, thickets and brambles. No, it's lovely, isn't it? It's a lovely path. There's a brown path as they often are, <laughs> and, and uh, patience is now leading the way. I I'm feel sorry, like I'm I mean, on I an expedition. <laughs> Ruth Jones. Ruth Jones. Yes. So, went to this school, you see, so mm. changed schools, went to Porthcawl Comprehensive. And that was from a private from school? From a private school, from a sort of, yeah, very nice, it was lovely, little school in Swansea, that, where I'd been, I was, you know, very, uh, very happy there. Yeah. And we moved, and... and I went to the school and I was nervous about it. Because, Why? Well, because to me, in my ignorance, a comprehensive school was going to be like a sort of Grange Hill. <laughs> and to my little genteel mind, Grange Hill was a <laughs> dreadful slice of life, urban decay, sort of... Um, Who's that? Stepper? Stepper Crip? Was it Well, Ripper? I think I'm older than that, so yeah. I, go, I go back to Todd Carty. I go back to the very oh, beginning. I know, I know Todd Carty. Well, Todd yeah. Carty was in it when Tucker I Tucker Jenkins. Yes, yeah. yes. And then there was Tucker's Luck, yeah. which was the uh, inevitable offshoot. Yeah. The Fraser to the <laughs> Cheers of Grange Hill. <laughs> and um, so I went there. So I was kind of nervous. And I remember being in the headmaster's office with my mother. And he was saying, well, what does, what's he interested in? And I mm. just started to kind of properly express an interest in acting and we'd we'd put on a production at the other school of star wars on wow that was ambitious it was ambitious wasn't it yes it was what were the uh, special <laughs> effects like well i will what? tell you what they were like we had the stormtroopers were dressed in cricket whites um 
a, uh, a white skateboarding helmet, because skateboarding had just come in, it was all the rage, everyone was doing it, and, um, and a stormtrooper mask, plastic mask from Swansea Market. Oh, I bet that looked good. Yeah. It was very convincing. <laughs> and um, lightsabers, you know, with batteries in the handles. So you got those from the toy we shop had, or whatever, yeah. Obviously, C-3PO, quite easy to do. It's gold, basically, just put, put someone in gold. Put your mum's tights on. R2-D2, very challenging. Yes. So we settled as a compromise. Do you remember in Doctor Who, do you remember K-9? The of course I remember yes, K-9. Yes, much easier, because just a box Essentially and a another box. Essentially a cardboard box, box exactly. with an antenna eye on, yes. the, on the rear. So we had C-3PO and K-9. Which is not as it's done in the film, of course. Um, well, no, because that's from another franchise. Yes, yes. Well, we, we were really... You know the way now in the Marvel films, they, they take somebody... Spider-Man now appears with the Avengers and all that stuff yes. goes on. In many ways, Emily, I was so far ahead of my time. You really were, yes, weren't you? Yes, yes. You mixed it all up. So we did that and, we, and, and it opened, of course, you'll remember in Star Wars, when Princess Leia's ship gets yeah. boarded by the baddies. Yeah. And they break down a door. Well, we made a door of tin foil, and I think we did two performances. And um, of course, the stormtroopers could burst through the tin foil. So, so we, so there. So then we moved schools. Yeah. And um, can I ask you yes. about that school thing, Rob? Because mm. I find it. Shall we go? Where do you think, Rob? Well, I will. Uh, there's, there's nothing to fear. I, I know this park like the back of my hand. Oh, it's so beautiful, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it gorgeous? Because mm. I love that, but that's very open now. Yes, that's Pen Ponds for any listeners who know this area. We're looking down at Pen Ponds. So I'm going to suggest we head back towards the thicket. Okay. So we'll, oh, we'll take like a little that. slight left, yeah. Sounds quite inappropriate. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the... You know, you went from... It's interesting what you were saying about... Private to yeah. confidential, yes. And I did that as well, except did the other you? way round. Oh, yeah. did you? Right, did and... You? Connie Hark did that. Did she? Yes. She's never mentioned it to me. <laughs> but I find it interesting because I have a theory about that. Right. And I'm, I'm not including myself in this necessarily, but I do see it in you. And I, I think do you're, see about it in Connie. To, you're about to express this theory, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, and it's a nice thing, so don't worry. Right. Which is, I think, um, from that Rudyard Kipling poem, if, you yes. know, which is walk with kings nor lose the common touch. I would yes. say that kind of describes you in a way. Right. It's a good thing. Walk with kings. Nor lose the common nor touch. Lose, right, okay. It means so you can go and see Tom Jones tomorrow. <laughs> tonight. And uh, tonight, and you can hang out with him. <laughs> yes. But you don't get lost in that ah, world. You I don't see. have a sense of entitlement. You don't yes, feel, no, this no. is my new life now. Well, you certainly try not to. No, you'd be but unbearable. I think having that mix is just good well-rounding thing sometimes. I don't know, I think... Oh, yeah, well, I, I, I certainly try to, but, but it, I think it's helped by the fact that I was 35 before I had any sort of success. And yes. the, the success I had then really was... I, I, I realised once Gavin and Stacey had hit that the success I'd had around the time of uh, Marion and Jeff and Human Remains and yeah. you know, the Keith Barrett show and different stuff like that it was quite cultish. It was quite, you know, I thought... I thought I was, oh, I was quite well here. And then you do something that appeals to lots of people, like um, uh, Gavin and Stacey, and you, oh, this is different. You know, you sort of... Yeah. And there are many, many levels above that. But, um, yeah. Uh, and also, but I think also... I mean, I, I bang on about this all the time, but I've got five children. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, you... Um, that's your life. And all the work stuff 
is, oh yeah, I gotta go and do that thing, you know, that, that's how I always think of it. Oh, I gotta go and do that, that thing in Edinburgh, or that, that job, or this job. It's not the be-all and end-all. Right. And I think that's healthy, but it's not, not for everyone. I mean, I think if, I know a lot of the people I know who are massively successful are very, yeah, are very driven, yeah. you know, and they still, you know, it's really important to them. And I'm, uh, I'm much happier doing something like this, walking in the park. Are you competitive, would you say? Yes and no. I mean, not maybe on a micro, not a macro way. Um, in little individual things, I will be, but not. So, would overall. you say, like, would you? Someone said to me the other day. Yeah. I was doing some interview to promote the, this film, and, and he said, um, he said he was Hungarian. He was on the phone from Hungary, and he said um, something about being jealous of, of other people's success who were perceived as being more successful. And I genuinely, I said, are you, are you serious? I said, well, of course not. And I'm, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm happy for people if they, if they do well. I mean, that's probably while I'm doing just fine. Maybe, maybe, if, yeah. maybe if that changed, I might feel differently, but, but. Um, I don't know, I tend to think you're either like that or you're not, you know. Do you know what I mean? I tend to think that's like, because I think it's about, you either think there's enough for everyone, oh, or yes, you have a yes. sense of, yes. you know, and I know you've talked about that actually. I don't know if you mentioned that in an interview. Yes, I remember, I remember Hugh Laurie. Yeah. I read it was a quote attributed to Hugh Laurie, or it was something he said, that he became a lot happier when he realised there was not a finite amount of success in the world. And somebody having some success did not necessarily mean there was now less of it available for him yeah. to have. Um, Come on, patience. I try and, you know, subscribe. I, I really like uh, that. I think that's true. And actually, Hugh Laurie's, he's, he's full of wisdom because he said something else which I really like, which is a phrase I try and... He said, there is no such thing as ready. There is only now. Ooh. You know when people say, oh, when I'm ready, I'll do that. Oh, yeah. I'll get a dog or I'll get married or I'll do that, you know, get my showreel together. Well, now you've hit on an interesting thing. There's a guy called Tim Ferriss who does a podcast that uh, I'm quite interested in. And he talks about, um, and I'm going to paraphrase it here, sort of living your life in reverse. So he met a friend of mine and he said to a friend of mine, well, what's your... Um, Ambition. This is a guy who's done very well in business. Yeah. A friend of mine, right? And and um, he said, "Well, I don't know." He said, "Well, what what, what do you want? Do you, do you want like a?" And I, this idea of a house by the sea came up. He said, "Yeah, I'd like to do that." Yeah. And he said, "Well, when are you going to do that?" He said, "I don't know." He said, "What? Maybe when you retire?" He said, "Yes, yes." And he said, "No, you're going about it all wrong. Do it now. I mean, you have to be able to afford it, but but don't don't think of things as one day. Yeah. Because certainly as you get older, it rushes by. So I'm currently very much in a mind frame of do it now do everything now don't don't wait because you don't know um, is that how you approach work then because i i've always had that sense with you that mm. we we should say i mean there's, there's the rob Ryden story it's it's so great and actually i'm sure you can still buy the book so you it was should anton dubeck played me in the film didn't he <laughs> It was very well done, I thought. And I will say, I'm not as light on my feet as he made me look. 
Have you ever got mistaken for him? Oh, <laughs> constantly. Really? It's a daily, him and Ben Miller. Oh yeah, Ben Miller, of course. And yeah. when, when uh, sometimes on Bruce re, 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 well, really good light, Hugh Grant. But when they oh, made Hugh nice. look very old for Jeremy Thorpe, there was <laughs> so much stuff. Oh my God, he looks. When they made him look haggard, right, <laughs> and browbeaten. Ah, uh, then he and really did begin to by look, the pressure of playing, playing. Yes, <laughs> a, a man who really was uh, pushed to the edge. Ah, uh, then uh, everybody said, look, 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 look like me. I have to say, I took a slight insult. Oh my God, that's incredible. You see, you get all this, you get insight, you get the impressions. <laughs> I love the fact that you do the impressions because some, I know Steve Coogan's <laughs> talked about this and obviously the trip that you guys do I together. I know Steve. Yeah, do you know He's Steve? He's the one I did the trip with, isn't he? The Mancunian. <laughs> yes. But he always said he's... Now what's he up to these days? <laughs> he's a curious one. Good Lord, I forgot. Yes. But he, I like it when he says, because he sometimes gets a bit grumpy about having to do the impressions. And Steve, a bit grumpy? <laughs> I mean, I, you know the same man that I know. I, good Lord. But you, I like that you've kind of forced him because the competitive urge <laughs> forces him to take yeah. part in it. And now it's like, you're Michael Caine's better, by the way. Oh, well, a hundred you know, times. Yeah. Those, things, those things are all like, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder. I think it depends on, well, at a certain level. I mean, you know, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. are better than us. But, I mean, when you get to the... <laughs> the gold standard level that Steve and I occupy, I do think that it's um, just in the ear. I think it's how it sounds to you, you know. Yeah. Does, does it sound as it, as Michael Keane sounds to you? Yeah. Um, um, oh, no, i tell you what I want to talk to you about. Is yeah. that period when... I'm not saying I want to talk about your, your bad period. Yes. But you did have a sort of... Was it about 10 years, Rob, or 12 years when before mm. you broke through? Oh, yeah. And you, were, you worked at the Shopping Channel... <laughs> And even though I was at the shopping channel, I was still sending off letters. Were you? I wrote one to Richard Curtis, wanting to be in uh, Four oh. Weddings. I wrote to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. No, but you got that. No, I did. I, did. I, I didn't. I got First Night. Okay. Oh, but yeah, First Night. that was because of Dougray Scott, my friend, the actor Dougray Scott. He got me in to see Mary Selway, the uh, casting director. Yeah. This. She's not with us anymore, but she, this huge casting director. And, he very kindly got me in there and I went to her, you know, and this is the time when I could not get arrested. So bless him, Dougray. So you got to see my friend Rob and, you know, da 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 You've been at drama school with him. Yeah, went sorry, Dougray yeah. and I were at drama school. Yeah. We, we skipped friends. ahead a bit. Sorry, yeah, we, yeah we, we that were, was my fault. We were big friends at drama school. Yeah. So he, um, and he was doing great guns and he got me to see Mary. And uh, I remember sitting there. And she had my CV in front of her, and she also had the breakdown of parts that were left <laughs> in First Night, which starred Sean Connery, Richard Gere, John Gielgud, and Julia Ormond. Oh, yes. Ah, right. And, uh, um, and she sat there and she went, right, now what have we, what have we got for Rob? <laughs> and she, she looked down the list and she went, Marauder? <laughs> and, then, and then she looked at my CV and she went, hmm. Five foot seven, mm, no, maybe not. I was too short to be a marauder. But then, I didn't realise there was an entry level point. Well, you see, if you are going to maraud... Is I it like going on a roller coaster where they have the height restricted? They yeah, show you, you, can, you must yes. be taller than this sign to maraud. <laughs> That's a very funny idea. <laughs> My wife doesn't like it when I do that. If she says something funny and I go... That's, that's really funny. Oh, does she not Drives like that? Why? Out of it. Well, it's patronising, isn't it? Oh. It's like as if I'm saying, now, 
Well done, you little thing. You've, that's actually properly funny. I tell you she what, the little, the little lady's made a bit of a, got some material. Yeah. Oh. I didn't take it that way. Oh, good, I, was, good. I was just thrilled. I think I've worn her down over the yeah. years. For you, it's new and fresh. It's probably, it's almost charming, but yeah, obviously you're right. give it time <laughs> and, and it'll become a pain. It hasn't become a flaw yet. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, so I got this, I got this part. Uh, so I played a, a villager whose uh, village was being set on fire. Very exciting. Were you confident, Rob, then? You know, when you were working for the shopping channel, mm. and was there a sense of you sort of thinking, this isn't what I want to do, mm. and I want to be performing as, a, yeah. as an actor, yes. not presenting and not yes. doing... But was there an innate confidence? Because I think there must have been, for you to have sent those... There was. There was also a naivety, on. and there, right. was a, there was an, a lack of worldliness, I would say. Um, a naivety but there was a self-belief because I'd grown up you know be, always being told very good very funny very funny very good by mum and dad yeah and by everyone really you know I was you know uh, at school and everything you know I used to play the lead roles in the shows and it, and it was just it's what I did I was very lucky in that sense you know some kids are good at football some are, you know and I, and I had the acting and, and the being funny so I, I was still confident, but it was very hard. Once you've, I fell into radio presenting because mm. when I was at Drama College, I had a double act with my friend James and got seen by the BBC and, and, and then was offered a radio show. So I left college early because I was interested in radio. When I was a lot younger, I'd wanted to be a DJ. I thought it was very glamorous, hugely glamorous. The idea of sitting with these double decks, you know, and playing on the radio, not, not in a, not in a disco not on the, the radio. Not Rob Brydon's mobile disco. No, yeah. no, not that. Everybody walked the dinosaur. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, akalaka, <laughs> boom, boom, yes, yes. So anyway, so yeah, so the confidence thing, you still mm -hmm. had that sense of... Yeah, I think when you're, when you're the person going on the, I hesitate to use the word journey, but it's yeah. when, it, when it's your story, you're always looking ahead, aren't you? So when I did write my book, I remember my dad read it and he said, God, I didn't realise how hard it was, what a struggle it was. And I must say, when I read it back, I, I went, I went, oh God, I thought if, if I'd been my friend, I might have said to me, maybe this isn't for you, you know, because it doesn't seem to be working out. Just the rejections that you were getting? Yes, uh, yes, from, uh, yes. Um, certainly trying to get in the acting work, but also presenting. I was in, applying for tons of presenting stuff. I now know a mm. lot of people who initially rejected me years and years Is ago. Is that what agents and producers... Well, my doing? agent now, Maureen Vincent at United, I've got two separate rejections from her three years apart. I've got the letters at home. I, I think in, in my carrying on, maybe that's what defines somebody who eventually succeeds. Yeah. Because had I had I given up, had I said, oh, this isn't for me, then I wouldn't be in Richmond Park now. Were you confident, Rob, in like with girls and things? Uh, I was confident up to a point. Yeah. But but not not for if I can use the terminology of the salesman <laughs> or woman. I wasn't confident in closing the deal. Does that are you with me? You're following the analogy. One hundred percent. All right. Yeah. I was confident. In a Glengarry, in... Glen Ross way, yeah. Yes. So oh, yeah, yeah. you weren't a closer. So oh, would you get... I had terrible acne as, as a teenager. I mean, Olympic level acne, absolutely appalling. But uh, it was funny. 
and I could always make them laugh. I but I didn't drink. Yeah. So what a what a dreadful combination. <laughs> um, witty, acne, sober. I mean, play with those cards. You're never going to win, are you? And I would see at the end of the night at the school disco. Um, Positively Neanderthal <laughs> contemporaries of mine, snogging girls. And I, of course, had been afraid to make that leap towards the kiss for fear of rejection because I wasn't slightly Which way drunk. This way. We're, Were you in back. the friend zone then? Were you friend zone? Oh, that's funny. The friend zone. Yeah. That's in Daddy's home too, isn't it? Yeah, that's in quite a few. I think, where did very it start, funny. the friend zone? I'm not sure, but oh, I love it. But were you friend zoned then? Yes. A lot of the time. Yes. Although, I yeah. think now with hindsight, had I tried to close the deal, I would have found a level of success. But I didn't have the uh, for fear of rejection, you see. Well, that's the thing. And also, I think... This is like being with Dr. Phil. It's very <laughs> liberating. <laughs> you know what but Dr. Phil said that I always remember? What? Greatest indicator of future behaviour? Past behaviour. <gasps> oh, Dr. Phil. I want you to think about that for a while, Emily. <laughs> oh, don't. That's a terrible revelation. I want to ask you this yes. because you've told me that you you struggled when yes. you were younger. Yes. Not not because you couldn't get the girl because you're a handsome man and <laughs> you've got the gift of the gab. Oh, well. But I agree with you on one of them. Yeah. No, but it's true. So that to me just does feel like you didn't for whatever reason mm. you didn't feel you didn't feel confident in making that as you say sort of putting yourself out there. Yes. And sometimes I'm not saying always but sometimes when Someone who's had early experiences like that yes. then becomes super successful, super famous, well so off. I'm like, not talking about Michael Jackson here, we, we're the bloke from <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and Stacey. Um, no, but what I'm saying yes, is yes. there can be a sort of, wow, I'm going to fill my boots, which oh. I think is totally understandable. Of course it is. And we, I get we make, it. We make no judgments. No, but... Yes. What I would say is what, yeah. why, what I would ask you is, yeah. why do you think that wasn't the case with you? Because you've always struck me as someone who's a bit of a one man, well, one I woman had, man. I had a brief period in between uh, marriages where I had about a year of, of it being normal to get a text at two o'clock in the morning. I can't imagine you like that, Well, No, I know, I know, I know. Um, whereas now, if I get a text at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> it's, it's red alert. Colic. Um, <laughs> so, but what, well, how did that make you feel then? I mean, did, it, did you feel well, a bit depressed? Well, I found it or? wasn't really... Uh, it, we were, overall, I would say, um, yeah, I, I wasn't happy. I, I, I seem to be somebody who wants to be in a relationship. I'm don't mind me, I've, I've stripped off. You don't mind, do you? <laughs> and no, you haven't said anything, that's all. Well, it's interesting you should say that because you have stripped off recently i know just back there yeah no oh. in a movie rob because i've just been watching your film which is just out Good it's Lord. actually out today wow when this comes out the chances of that it's called swimming with men it i is. just thought i'd let you know oh so it's today it's yeah so if you see posters and stuff yes. come on patience um and i really loved it rob oh, thank and you thank you thank you if we can explain to people i mean mm. i would say and I hope this is okay to say this. There's a slight full Monty vibe to it. That's interesting you should say that. Yes, I, I would accept that. <laughs> I would accept that. It's I love the idea of an actor saying, well, I really don't know what you mean. <laughs> well, I think our film is very different. <laughs> but it's that you play... Um, it's sort of about the bonding power of male friendship as well, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It's about, it's about a group of men 
Um, uh, who, uh, well, you see, this is a true thing. Uh, male synchronized swimming in middle age, in middle age, is a real thing. And uh, my character, Eric, is sort of unhappily married. He's a bit lost. His wife is now starting to blossom. Their kid is now a mid to late. That's teens. Jane Horrocks. Is Jane, brilliant, isn't it? Jane yeah. Horrocks, fantastic Jane Horrocks. Yeah. And uh, she's becoming a local councillor, so she's now getting some fulfilment and feeling good. And I'm a, I'm a man, as, I, as I've made clear. Um, <laughs> I. You have this quite boring sort of life. Yes, yeah, so boring. He's an accountant, yeah. you see. Yeah. Um, cinematic shorthand for boring life. I'm sure there are happy accountants <laughs> out there. Um, and uh, anyway, I, I'm hiding from my wife uh, oh. at the pool. I love being at the pool, swimming at the pool, can't get enough of it. And one day I see this group of men sitting at the bottom of the pool, uh, made up of some of our finest actors. Yeah. Uh, lovely Jim Carter is in there, Adil Akhtar, uh, Ruba Graves, Danny Mays, I mustn't forget anybody now. Um, come on. Uh, Thomas Tur Tom Turgus. Thomas yeah, Turgus, yes, yes. And there they are sitting on the bottom of the pool because they are a synchronised swimming team. Yeah. Anyway, cut a long film short. I join their team. You do. And we enter the World Championships. Yeah, <laughs> you do. And I like it because it's really, it's just a kind of, firstly I like it because it's about, I think it's nice to have a film about Male friendship. Yes. And as a woman watching that, I like I like I also like the fact that it's with respect, apart from Tom, I guess. Yeah. Sort of middle-aged men, to be Oof. honest, rather than <laughs> are you okay? For that. Maybe. Yes, it is very much about middle-aged men. Not not Thomas, but yeah. Yeah, it, because it is. I think that's important to reflect mm. those kind of friendship. Women groups. women seem to respond to it especially really? well. Yeah, they, that's that's my experience. Is that they seem to like these men being very honest and open and vulnerable you know there is a there is a vulnerability just in they're there in their trunks now if you're an actor that's no problem we strip off at the drop of a hat but most people as someone like eric who i play the idea of being close with these guys yeah is is not a straightforward one and of course they have to support each other physically yeah they have to reach out and hold an ankle or touch and they have to be in sync with each other um so it's it's interesting and then the sort of response I've had so far is, oh yeah, well I knew it was going to be funny, but I've had several people sort of, I've been crying, I've been a little tear, it's quite moving. I had a response to, and I mentioned this to you briefly when we were getting coffees when we first arrived, and you look, you said something to me, because I told you that there was a bit in the movie I particularly liked, oh, and it's a scene where, right. yes. um, again, I won't give too much away, but you're outside your family home and it's sort oh, well, of... Oh, that's ruined it now for people. <laughs> well, I'm not going, I know there's a scene where he's outside his family home. <laughs> Oh. I would describe it as something of an inciting incident. Like the moment is a sig is oddly significant yes, yes, after that. Yes. I'm not. But you've had you've had a few ales in that scene. Yes. I'm so you're having to play drunk. Doing my drunk acting. Yes. But you're doing what? Well, I believe it was Oliver Reed. Uh, no, no. Who was it? Who said? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. The key. What when did you say? You're drunk. You must not act drunk. He says something like, "You've got to." Act like you're trying not to be drunk. Is that what he said? That yes, he, he, he had did. a rule, didn't he? It was he? like the act. I like that I thought that was Oliver Reed. It no, was, was just drunk. Reed. No, Oliver Reed was, was just drunk. There's that, another dog here. Yeah. What's Jack, that? Jack Russell. How do you feel about that? I don't like that. Oh, my, that's what Russell parents, Howard's got that one. My parents have a Jack Russell. I was with, I was with her yesterday, and she's lovely once you get to know her. But I'm just being very honest. It's not my first choice. But I've got to know their Jack Russell now, and of course I, I've got deep wells of affection. But um, as I, like I look at Patience's bottom wiggling yeah. ahead of us, it's uh, 
such a lovely sight. But no, there's a scene yes. where you are emotional in this scene, uh, but I interpreted it yeah. as, you know, you're someone, the character has trouble expressing emotion. That's correct. And, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It's not 15 to 1. Yeah. Would it be easier um, if it was multiple choice? Yeah. But I felt, to me, that was one of the most powerful moments in the movie. Oh, thank you. Thank and you. when I mentioned that to you, mm. you looked a bit surprised. Tell yeah, me why. Yeah, be well, because it's a, it's a bit of the film that I was sort of uh, uh, dreading doing. Why? Because it's, it's uh, number one, acting drunk can be a challenge. I think it's very easy to get it wrong. Yeah. And he's, he's drunk and he's very vulnerable in the scene and he's, he's totally without defences in the scene and he's, he, has sh he has to shout in the scene and then he has to talk quietly so there's you know it's the full range of my acting ca capabilities there and yes when I went to the screening I was dreading that scene coming up so I was delighted that you particularly and somebody else actually mentioned that moment to me so that that's a great relief. Well so. I, I really enjoyed it and I think everyone should go and see it and it is out today yes. if you want to see it. Oh, Rob, look, so what's this yeah. bit here? Now, this is a pond. Is this I, why I went with Lee Mack? Uh, oh, oh no, not, not again. <laughs> I've told him you're not interested. And it's not just you. The number He's of notorious. women I've had coming to me in tears. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bushy Park he took me to. Well, I don't I mean, I think people are making their own jokes at this point, don't they? There's no need for me. Oh, patience is running off towards the water. Yeah. So... When you got, you had your big break with Human Remains, which I still watch to this day time. quite regularly. It's a good regularly. show, it's a good show, I'm very proud of it. Well, I just remember looking at it and thinking, God, this is it. This is like what I love. It's oh, yeah. everything oh, I love and these you. people are extraordinary. It stands the test of time, I think. You know, oh it's, it's very dead. The God. scripts are very, very dense. Yeah. So there's loads in there. And, and you Julia, were, of course, is, you know, as brilliant. good as it gets. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm very, oh, I'm glad you like that. Um, and Marion and Jeff were sort of the same time. Yes, and those it were was. your game changers, weren't yes, they? Yes, they were very much. Look, Patience by the Oh, it's so cute. Patience by the water, that's the advice I live by. <laughs> <laughs> be it be it a lake, a pool, or a bathroom. Is she going in? Patience by the water. Um, it's hard to say. She's not yet, no. No, she's just I don't know what this little pond is actually. This one is near for the avid listener. We're near pen ponds, which are the big two big ones here. Yeah. This, I'm not even sure I've seen this one before. Oh, look, she's, get, she's really going in now. And this is where it would be a worry for me to own a dog, because Why? those paws when we get home. Listen to that. That's the sound of patients lapping. Go she's on, have, some, have some more. This is where, of course, they had that chemical spill last week. She, <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, it terrible, wasn't. it was awful, yeah. Truck came by full of toxic. Um, anyway, never mind. So, yes. when that happened. I was bumbling along, getting the odd little part. In, I did a sitcom with Russ Abbott, very nice man, very helpful to yeah, me. Everyone says he's nice. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah, top bloke. Uh, I did one with, I did a few episodes of a sitcom with uh, Gwen Taylor, but I wasn't getting anywhere. And these were tiny parts which, frankly, patients could have played and nobody would notice. Um, and then, out of the blue, I somehow got an audition for Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. And I met, met Guy Ritchie, who in those days was uh, unknown. And um, I got the part of playing this traffic warden who gets beaten up. And when the film came out, 
the it was reviewed in Empire, and I was in those days. I was a huge film fan. I used to read Empire all the time, and they mentioned my name in this review, even though it was a tiny part. Yeah. They said I'm an extremely unlucky traffic warden, Robert Bryden, and I can remember where I was on the Upper oh, Richmond Road. Me. Stood. Yeah. My oldest daughter would have been very young, sitting there on the pavement, and, and I went, "Oh my God!" I couldn't believe it, and I instinctively thought. Now, I must be able to use this to my advantage somehow. Right. So what I did was, by then I was, I was doing okay financially because I was now doing very well in voiceovers. I was the voice of a million products on the television for adverts and animations and all sorts. So with that money, I um, made a video of, of a few different characters. Um, and in those days, you couldn't, you know, you, it's not like now you, where well, you could edit it on your computer. And yeah. Stuff. You had to rent and edit and then a dub and everything. And um, the last character was Keith Barrett from Marion and Jeff. And it was a character I'd done on the radio in Wales where I was a DJ. And I'd had this character. And so, and it was funny. It was a bit more cartoony then. And I, with the camera on the dashboard, so, film this thing uh, mm -hmm. of Keith sitting behind the wheel talking, la di da di da So I had that tape then and people liked it. And then I had two fortuitous meetings. One was with Hugo Blick, who was a guy that I'd been at college with. I'd known oh, him Oh yeah, producer, bit. yeah. Yes, producer, writer. Yeah. He'd been an actor. Mm. And I, I was very, it was a remark, I mean, you know, good fortune plays such a part. I used to That's carry... That's a very Rob Brydon way of well, explaining it does. success. It, but, no, but listen, well, let me tell you these, mm. these things that happened. I used to carry around this the VHS with the four characters on it, and I was going to the BBC to be the voice. I used to do for a while. I was the bloke who said, and with Match of the Day at 10, that Saturday night on BBC One. I used to do that. So oh, I remember you, Rob. Mm, that was me. There's trouble in casualty at 8. At nine, Pierce Brosnan has a recipe for guilt. So I was doing that, and I was walking around that donut-shaped building. Yeah, in the old TV centre, yes. which is now private members' club. And I was thinking to myself, I hadn't sent this tape to Hugo. Because we'd been students together, the thought of being rejected by him was too much to bear. So I thought, no, I can't, I can't put myself through it. But I thought if I were to bump into him, I could casually offer it to him. But of course, the BBC employs thousands of people, what would be the chances of bumping into him? And Look, right now, those are horses. I or know. very big dogs. Patience. I wonder how Patience is with the horses. I hope she's good with them. Hasn't she got a great Beyonce bum wiggle? Yeah, really moves, and she's working it. Yeah. So, yeah. I was walking through the corridor and thinking, well, if I were to bump into him, wouldn't that be great? And literally at that moment, he walked around the corner and he said, oh, good Lord, good, what, 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 what are you doing here? And I said, well, I mean, da, da, da. And we went and sat down to have a, a drink. And even then, I wasn't, I wasn't going to give him the, uh, the tape because I thought, oh, no, what if he doesn't like it? It'll be awful, it'll be yeah. awful. And I can remember sitting there and leaning down off the song going, look, I've got this thing, actually, I did this thing. And I gave it to him. He said, oh, I'll have a look at it. And then I went into town because I was doing another voiceover and I was at an old coffee house that isn't there anymore. And my phone went and it was him. And he said, I just watched it. I like the last character. And um, he said, come in and let's have a talk about it. So I went in the next day and yeah. we got on like a house on fire with the same ideas. And that was when we built then, we built up the backstory and everything. And, and we ended up making this um, 
this tape of uh, what became the first Marion and Jeff. Yeah. But at the same time, I already knew Julia Davis because we'd been part of an improv group in Bath in the early Oh yeah, that you were in with Ruth. Ruth was in that yeah. as well, yeah. And Julia had, she'd kind of gone off radar for a few years and then she'd landed in London and instantly was working with the best people. So she did stuff with Graham and Arthur, Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews, mm -hmm. and she'd gone and got this job with Steve on his tour. It was her and Simon Pegg. Oh, really? And she called me and she said, I've got this. This we is were, Steve Coogan. Yeah, yeah, and we were both huge fans of Steve because Steve was essentially doing what I wanted to do. And, and I sort of felt an affinity with him because he'd started doing voices like I had. And now he was doing this fantastic character comedy. I mean, the best, basically. Mm. I, I think he's, he's the best. And I remember she, the, her first day of rehearsal for that show, calling her afterwards and saying the words, what's he like? Right? It was like that. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And what and did she, she say? Oh, well, she, she told me what he was like, and it was horrific. But um, <laughs> that's a joke. So anyway, so I said, look, well, I've got this, um, I've got this tape. Would you, would you give it to him? Mm. And she did. And then I sort of waited and waited. And a uh, response came there not. But I was, he, he was by now, he was in the West End at the Lyceum. So I thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. I'm just going to happen, I'll see Julia, I'll chat to Julia, and I'll bump into Steve. So you knew he had it by this point because Julia yes, had given yes. it. Yes, yes. So I go into the pub, see Julia, and she says, oh, I'm really tired, I'm going home. I said, well, okay, so I sat there. And anyway, so then, I can picture it now, there was Steve at the bar, and everyone's, oh, it's Steve Coogan. And he sees me, and he comes over, and he says, oh, you're, 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 you're Julia's friend, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And he goes, yes, I've, I've, I've seen your tape. He said, this is very, very good. He says, he goes, he goes I, I think you've got something. He said, he said, not many, not many people have it. He goes, Julia's got it, Simon's got it. He goes, I think you have. I, I'd like to work with you one day, right? Well, I cannot overstate what a big deal that yeah, was. Yes, you must have been so excited. Oh, I was walking on air. You lose sight. And then sight. you had to work with him. <laughs> we say that with love. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, it's yeah. I can't, you know, I ha it was incredible. You lose sight of all those days, you know, once you, but you have to remind yourself of how unachievable that whole world that he was in seemed to be. So then Hugo and I made what became the first episode of Marion and Jeff, using a camera loaned to Hugo handed over by Noel Edmonds. Really? It was a spare one from the house party. It ended up being this 10 minutes, and it was put into the controller of BBC Two, where it languished for about eight or nine months. But in the meantime, I was showing it to people, and the response was amazing. You know, it was, wow, and people talk about it and everything. Now, by then, I knew Steve a bit more because of Julia, because we'd started to write Human Remains, and I knew Henry Normal like baby cow and I phoned Henry and I said look you know I know we're, we're, we're writing Human Remains I think we'd started doing that Julia and I and um, I said but you know that you know that other thing that Marion and Jeff oh yeah we, we like that we like that that made, made Steve cry that did oh you're in tears you're in tears this is Henry I'm doing that <laughs> and um, I said well look would you want to do it as your because they were just starting their mm, company mm. baby cow I was oh, oh we'd love to we'd love to so yeah, that, and that's, that's how it happened. But I mean, talking about good fortune being important, I, I, was, I was 
had the fortune to know Julia. Julia then knew Steve. I had the fortune to run into Hugo quite by chance, one in a million, that he would be walking around that corridor that day. I put it to you, Rob Bryden, mm -hmm. that you make your own luck because you'd made that tape. You'd used I, your... I agree. You know, you'd I agree. Build and, it. And, and I'm not being self-deprecating. Yes, yes, you, that's true. However, I know a lot of talented people who don't... Have, you just need that little... You know, that little... That little... Something. I mean, we'll never know, will we? I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing because oh, who knows? Any actor like me knows tons of their contemporaries who are very, very talented and haven't had the breaks, you know. And the strange thing with Steve, I mean, I, I, I never lose sight of how bizarre it is that we've ended up doing what we've done together and, and we are sort of so closely associated when I was... Yeah. I was, I was a, just a fan. That, that's what I was. I was about as big a fan as you could be. And now it's interesting with the trip because you sort of feel it's become such a huge thing now. But your friendship, what I like about it, there's an element of performance there, isn't there? But it's still based on a relationship that you two have. I was with him in the early days, being very frustrated that he would make no effort to be funny. Um, I just did a film with Will Ferrell. And one of the delightful things about Will is that he is funny off camera and he enjoys being funny off camera. He likes, uh, as does Lee Mack, yeah. likes to make you laugh. Frank Skinner's like that as well, right. I think. He yeah. likes to make you laugh. And I think in life, those people are very special because mostly we're in life, aren't we? we're not in work, we're in life. So Steve, I really clearly remember, I used to try and get him going, try and start him doing some stuff. And he'd look at me and say, well, what, man? What are you doing? He's always had a sort of, he was taken quite seriously. Um, but by doing the trip, we sort of ended up doing that sort of back and forth. It started on a film called A Cock and Bull Story, where Michael Winterbottom yeah. saw us sometimes doing a little back and forth stuff. And that's where it all developed from. I think you are someone who has a reputation. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> I mean, you surely got the email before the interview in which I think you agreed that you wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> you have a reputation, yes. Rob. Yes. For being... Punctual? No. Mm. Incredibly nice to work with oh, and easygoing. I right. don't think I've ever heard anyone say a bad <laughs> word about you, honestly. Oh, I'm sure they're out there. No, right. but what are you consciously like that? Do you think you think, right, I... I'm lucky to be here. You know, I don't feel yeah, like... Yeah, I think there's some of that. I think because it took so long, I am very appreciative of it. I don't want it to stop. But also, I mean, it's very, it's quite a self So why, why would I want to piss anybody off? I mean, I'm always amazed when I see bad behaviour from people like me. Uh, on so many levels. Mm. Number one, well, it's just rude. Number two, it's going to come round and bite you in the bum eventually. I mean, you know, when you see people... Well, now here's a whole other discussion. Mm. Does it come round and bite you in the bum? You know what, perhaps it doesn't, but it, it's... I don't um, know if it always does. I don't think it always does, actually. I think that's a bit too naive. But um, it's just, you know, I, I try... I'm sure I have my bad times, and I'm sure I've, I've been short with people at times. But um, generally what? speaking, I try and be someone nice to, uh, to work with. 
When are you, do you ever get angry? So what's, do me, do me Rob Brydon. We've had Tom Jones and Hugh Grant. Do me Rob Brydon angry. Uh, angry? What go do on. I get angry about? Um, so if I'm sort of your other half or something. What yes. Would, yeah, go on then. So you come in the room. What? Oh. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Tony Hopkins. Well, I'm not at all happy. Very, very angry. Very, very angry. Angry? What's the matter with you, man? Ah, I can't find the hummus. Where do you put it? Under oh. the fridge. <laughs> ah, hummus is the quickest way. Hummus on the cracker. I want hummus on my cracker. I want it now. Where do you put it? Where is it? <laughs> That's all. That's one I'm angry. So, no, what do you genuinely get angry about? Come on, we need, where are we now? We are, we are, I, was, I didn't that think way. we'd bear grills once and I wasn't <laughs> as scared as I am now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What makes you cross? Or do you not get cross? Uh, yes, of course I get cross. Do you? Do you yes. shout? Yes. Um, oh, you can lose your patience with, with the boys, with my, my, my uh, yeah. boys, because they're full of energy. Yeah. Um, but I don't... I, yeah. You're not grumpy type of person. Well, you can be, yes, of course. But um, yeah, I don't know. I can never think of the answer to these very specific questions I struggle with. When someone says, tell us a, a funny thing that happened to you, I think, I, go, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm better but you're sunny-natured. Well, I try to be. But, I think you, know. you are. Right, OK. Well, I don't think you do struggle. You haven't today struggled with the question. That's the only time oh. you struggle. Right. But I think... I respect that because I do think there's a part of you that's, I imagine... Well, about the gross national, gross national product of Uruguay. I imagine you'll edit that out, but I, I did, I stumbled on that, didn't I? I know. I got there in the end, but I, I doubt it'll make the edit. I was disappointed because that, that was my killer question. Yeah. No, but I get the sense with you, Rob, I think there is, you do draw a bit of a line in terms of yes. who you are off screen. Oh, and, of course. And I respect that. Yeah. I think that's fair Damn enough. Right, right. Where are we going now? Okay, we're going this way. This way? Right. Where are the Sherpas? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, okay, well, I do want to ask you about yeah. Would I Lie to You? Oh, of course. No, I love that show. Thank I mean, you. who doesn't? Who doesn't? Is that, that's 11 series or something? 12? I think the 12th one hasn't gone out yet, but, we, but we've shot it. And is that something that people often come up to you about? You know, in terms of all your projects, Rob, yes. is that, would you say that's something that's, because I don't know anybody that doesn't like that show. It's a very, yeah, it's a nice show. It's a, it's, it's a lovely show. Um, uh, they are uh, mostly Gavin and Stacey. Um, oh, yeah, of course, that, yeah. That really seems to occupy yeah. a place in people's hearts. Um, mostly that. And then I suppose, And you nearly didn't do, Bryn. Yes. Because, because why I, not? Well, I'd, I'd been doing the Keith Barrett show, playing this sort of naive Welshman. And, and Bryn, while he's different to Keith, is, you know, he's not a million miles away. And I remember thinking, oh, do I really want to go down this... Road again. Um, but I mean, <laughs> very glad I did. <laughs> that was one of my better decisions. The script was terrific. Yeah. When you watch that show, it, it's exactly as it is on the script. There's, there's no improvising. Really? Yeah, none at all. No. Uh, it's as they wrote it. Um, yeah. And I, I see it, you know, it's on Dave or Gold all the time. And sometimes I'll stay with it and watch a bit. I saw a bit the other night that I hadn't seen for years. Did, would you watch that? If it came on, would you think, oh... So, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I sat and watched a bit one the other night with Claire, and I said at the end of it, I said, my, I said, that's good, isn't it? You know, it's so, it's so strong. You know, the, the, first of all, the writing is fantastic. Yeah. In its 
in its this comedy, but there's got a soap quality to it in moving the story along really economically and yeah. cleverly. And then the casting of it, the quality of the actors in it, Alison Steadman and, and, and everyone, you know, wonderful. Um, it's so good, and you can watch it again and again. Yeah. So I'm very, very glad that I did that. Well, we're glad that you did that, Rob Bryden. <laughs> what else do we need to talk about before I let you go? Well, uh, we've done what I like to you. I feel very strong. You've got your tour coming up. Yes, I've been back on the road. I've been doing my stand-up again, which I've enjoyed. The, the actual doing of it, not so much the schlepping around, but yeah. Um, the being on stage, I thoroughly enjoyed. I think it's a. Do you get nervous, nice. Rob? Yeah, yeah, Do you? Yeah, Does that yeah. still a thing, though? Yes, yes. Yeah. It'll creep up on you. Um, I find it's best if it's a town where I don't know anybody. Yeah. Then I can think of them just as an audience. If I've got someone in that I know, that I you know want to impress, then that can make you a little. Um, I never imagine like really established performers and comics, but then I know obviously they do. Everyone does because we're getting nervous. Yeah, just that oh, thing of yeah, the energy. Because you you never forget that it's a very you know when you break it down, it's a very difficult. Rob, <laughs> there's a wedding. There's car. a hearse. Oh, it's a wedding car, <laughs> right? See, you see wedding car, I see hearse. That says it all. Oh look, oh, Rob! Look, it's a it's a cream-coloured hearse. It's actually a wedding, oh, it's a wedding car, car, Rob. Sorry. Look, isn't, isn't that, that nice? But look, they'll see you on their special day. Wave. Not a care in the world. Was she in tears? No, she was looking at her phone at the selfies. Oh, that's not good. But that's, that's what they do now. Yeah, I'll wave to him. <laughs> Rob is now just waving to people. <laughs> you get a very good response, I've noticed, from the public. Yes, I'm very lucky. Not for her, though. <laughs> you know, I know. She ignored you. Oh, are. he liked he you. Nice Bit of an England fan. <laughs> You're big with the England fans. Um, um, no, the nervousness, though. Yeah. Because, you know, generally speaking, the, the gigs, you know, they, 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 they go well. And, you, of course, you judge it by your own standards. So you're judging every one of them by the best it's ever gone. Of course. But you can lose it, you know, and there's, there's, there's always that fear, no matter how much you've done it. Um, yeah. Of, it, of it going badly, and, and when it goes badly, it's about as horrible as it gets. Because you're there all on your own. <laughs> yeah, but haven't you got the goodwill? So the first 10 minutes, in a way, it's a mixed thing, because you've got the goodwill of the room, because yeah. they recognise you. But on the other hand, are they spending five minutes saying, oh, that's Rob Brighton, oh, he's got that one, yeah, he's got those kids, got oh, a, yeah, yeah, he's you, Gavin you, and Stacey. You can sense the goodwill, and that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You certainly didn't have that when you were starting out, you know, doing open spots. And that's great, and you can ride that wave a little bit. But then, you know, people pay money, you know, and it's, uh, it's not cheap. To come and see me, I certainly hope not, not anyway. You're not selling your tour, Rob. Well, no, it's, it's not, is it, you know, you got and, and you forget, Babysitter. People paid money, they got a babysitter. It's a big old palaver. Oh, patience. Patience is, um, there's no easy way to put it, Rob, is there? Impatient. She's defecating. We're coming near to the end of our chat now and... Well, I've really enjoyed it. Well, I'm worried that you haven't because it was too no, hot I have. and I personal. No, I have I've not liked the... Um, what the, didn't you like? The, the heat. Okay. But, but you like patience. Yeah, she's lovely. Beautiful dog. I think we should finish. Can I choose someone to finish with? Go in on. the style of how yeah. you would round this up. Go on then. Um, how about in the style of Alan Bennett? <laughs> I've got to get myself ready. 
an enjoyable walk round the Royal Park of Richmond on a sweltering day uh, and Emily Dean a sun lover if ever there was one constantly leading me to my demise patience by name but not nature scurrying to and fro a rabbit here a squirrel there oh ma'am do misleads. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that and do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>